Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. seconds of the game what a way an awful way for that game just to be ripped from them at the end if you watched all 60 minutes of the game if you watched all of that game and you're still here watching with us you're a real one (laughs) welcome to uh covering the nfl preseason todd it's uh extremely exhilarating it's a lot uh to take in you know we definitely have a lot to pick apart here but um, it was looking good for us. Well, I mean, I won't say it was looking good, but it was we were on the better half of things for, like you said, 59 minutes. Uh, two seconds left. It's not our favorite time to lose. How, how much do coaches truly want to win these preseason games when it's like a close game at the end? Yeah, you always want to come out with a win. I think we talked about it earlier how that momentum carries over to the regular season. So every win matters. Every win counts. It doesn't matter if it's regular season or preseason. Uh, you don't want to lose, and to lose like that, dang, that sucks, man. Literally to be carried into the end zone to lose on a two-point conversion. I mean, Matt Henningsen had him at he the He did everything right yeah. Yeah. for the first half of the play. Yes, he did, and then just got dragged into the end zone. That's got to be the worst feeling for a defensive guy. Well, and that's all a want-to play, right? Yep. Uh, and it's not Matt Henningsen's fault. But I felt like he needed some more support there. Like every Cardinal got in there trying to push their guy through and the Broncos were a little bit late getting to the pile. Yeah, it's all that. It's that momentum. I mean, they marched down the field. They scored. Um, Now it's time for a two-point conversion. And that's really a want-to play. Who wants it more? And at the end of the day, I felt like the Cardinals, they just really wanted to win this game. Can we blame it on the field? Because I saw a lot of things being blamed on the field. Like, you can't blame it on the field when the guy who scores is digging his way through the grass to get into the end zone. I'm sure we can come up with some way to blame it. It's harder when you're going backward. 
Uh, there you go. There you go. It worked for the Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and I guess the end of the game doesn't really matter. What matters is Russell Wilson. So let's dial it up. How back was Russ? Kale hit it. Oh, yeah, Todd, Todd doesn't know, and you're not going to see us. You're going to have to guess. Todd, where's it, where's it landing? You know, right now, I think it was, uh, I think Danger Witch. Is that, is that a, about right? Is that a two or a three? Oh, that was a... Uh... <laughs> we always <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it landed in a two, which I think is a Danger Witch. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, great call, great call. <laughs> you know your stuff, Todd, and... Uh, that's not the best. No. It's obviously not the worst, but it's not the best. But he had good stats. So, so seven for 13, 92 yards through the air, one touchdown, 102 passer rating. But why are we all just kind of like wanting more from Russ? I think it just didn't feel good. Like we want it to feel good. Like if you have some good stats, we want to feel like you are making plays. We don't want to feel like... I mean, some things came together, but it just didn't feel like any moment of the game felt like, you know, Russ is back. He's really on it. He's putting things together. Um, it felt like he was running a lot. It felt like he was once again nervous and a little bit panicked. And who blames him? I feel like the offensive line was kind of letting guys run through. So, you know, it's tough. It, he's our quarterback, but it's going to take the team to allow him to succeed. And it starts with the O-line. And once again, I don't know. I think Bowles had a sack, gave up a sack very early in the game. Yeah. And... He was running around a lot. A wise man once said, everything comes down to vibes. <laughs> it was me who said that. Uh, it, it just didn't, the vibes weren't right, right? You go out there, the first drive is three and out. Uh, you know, the second drive is ugly too. The third drive ends in a missed field goal. Finally, in the fourth drive, you get a little bit going, but that almost felt like Sean Payton being like, you guys are going out there and you're going to play until you do something that yep. can make us leave this game with a good taste in our mouth. And to their credit, they did it. But that's like the only thing that saved us from being like, yeah. you know, not panic mode. You're not going to panic over the first preseason game, but really like know. feeling terrible about this game. So they went out and saved it and, and good on them for that. But the way that it felt, man, it's, it's exactly what we were talking about with Russ's tough start to, the, to camp. It's the combination of what it felt like last year. Right. And then you come out and struggle. Uh-huh. And it makes it hard to feel optimistic. Well, thankfully for Russ, he's been a lot better in camp the last few days, and that's kind of eased some nerves. But especially for the fans who are just, you know, they're not dialed into training camp. They tuned in for the first preseason game, and they saw those first three drives, especially the first two drives, and they're like, here we go again. Yeah, I mean, everything about the start was last year, was deja vu all over again, except instead of Nathaniel Hackett on the sideline, it was Sean Payton wearing an orange Broncos visor. Seeing him on the sideline, everyone took a deep breath and said, okay, this is going to be okay. And then you see a three and out, and then you see a 32-yard punt, and then you see uh, one first down, and then a sack where then you have to kick a long field goal and you miss it. And then later you see a 36-yard punt, and you're like, oh, my gosh. What? And while the defense is playing good. Uh-huh. And it's just like this is exactly what we saw last year. And so, to me, those everything you guys said comes into it. But then on top of that, why it just is like, man, you really got to force yourself to feel good about this, is this was against 
Cardinals backups for back, the most part. Backups, backups. I think when they scored, they yeah. had actually already subbed out. Yeah. The team that wasn't the starters, but who was starting for this game, yep. those guys even got subbed out yep. before we went ahead and scored. And that's what makes it so tough. If it's like, man, they did get some momentum at the end, and it was good to see Jerry Judy uh, get a touchdown, and it was good to see Russell Wilson make a quick decision when a blitz was was in his face right there. But it was against like second and a half stringers because. <laughs> The PHNX guys told me after the game had started that the Cardinals defense only started 50% of their guys. And it didn't include their two guys that called the plays, Buda Baker uh, and someone else. I don't remember who. Uh, but so their top two guys were out. Mm -hmm. Only half their defensive starters played. And then so exactly to Todd's point, by the time the Broncos scored, it was second and third teamers in. So you just you keep it in perspective of like what happened. But they did pick it up. In the first uh, first quarter, the Broncos had 15 yards of offense in two drives. 15 yards of offense. That's not ideal. Now, in the next two drives, they had um, like 120 yards combined. So you're like, okay, that, that is good. It is showing momentum. At least it went in the right direction. At least there was some sort of hope. Absolutely. Um, the first two is exactly what you mentioned. Like It just leaves a sour taste. You go out there against, uh, I call them accountants, some call them truck drivers. <laughs> um, guys who might not be in the league for long. Now, it wasn't fully the end of the roster, guys, but uh, it just, I don't know. What, what concerns me is a couple things. One is the pressure. When you're not, when they're not playing, you know, their top guys and they're still getting pressure on this Broncos offensive line, that's scary. And the other thing is, last year after the Seattle game, teams just decided we're not letting Russell bootleg out of this pocket. Like, we're just going to crash outside. Don't come down too tight so he can get around you. And we'll just take that away. And until the Broncos establish a running game that teams have to fear, they're just going to do that. Those ends are going to stay outside, and they're never going to let Russell get out of the pocket. So to see that work so well uh, for the Cardinals tonight against Russ is concerning to me just because that same thing. It, it feels too much like last season. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think teams are maybe going to attack – us the same way until we figure out how to deal with it. Um, and what's tough for me is that I think that, you know, Broncos country and the fans in Denver are just looking for a little bit of hope. Yeah. They're diehard fans. They want the team to succeed. And if we just looked okay, I yeah. think we will be uh, happy with the result and be looking forward to the future. But, you know, it's hard to find those glimmer glimmers of hope but like you said they did pick it up you know maybe the third drive they started getting things going but you know we're rooting for you guys we want you guys to do well so we just want to see things start to turn over things to start looking like they have um in the past when we won the Super Bowl or when Sean Payton has put together great offenses we're looking for those glimmers of hope to be happy for the season to come and Russ simply has to have time in the pocket because we know he's not a true pocket passer he's never going to be Drew Brees but he needs to be a little bit more like Drew Brees than he was last year where he they tried to play him in the pocket and he was awful he needs to be at least a little more comfortable in the pocket in order to have success with Sean Payton but he has to have some time and Garrett Bowles, I mean, that was about as discouraging as a yeah. performance as you could expect. Now, Garrett has not been a full participant in training camp. He's been getting so, uh, probably more days off than really anyone, probably up, up next to Kareem Jackson because he's coming off a big injury last year, and Sean said that's how he's going to work guys back. So you can expect him to get a little better still throughout training camp, but, man, he has to be better 
than that. Because again, it's not like he was going up against J.J. Watt in his prime. No, J.J. retired. It's not like it was Zach Allen. No, Zach Allen's now a Denver Bronco. <laughs> He's not no longer a Cardinal. So that's something that has to improve. Yeah. Obviously, right tackle. Mike McGlinchey probably back. Um, I thought Isaiah Prince did okay for the most part, especially for being a backup there. But the offensive line has to help Russ. So this certainly is not all on Russell Wilson. Jerry Judy has to catch every pass thrown his way, um, which he did a good job of making up for that the very next play. Uh, so this is much more than just on Russ, but also I think Sean wanted to put Russ in situations and uh, see what he could do and see what the offense could do when they pulled Russ. They had thrown over 25 passes, only ran the ball seven times. I don't think that's going to fly in the regular season. I do not think that's what Sean Payton's going to say. In fact, I see it being closer to the opposite of that in week one against the Raiders in week two than I see it being close to that. I think the Broncos and Sean Payton are going to say, I saw Garrett Bowles tonight. I saw Russ getting pressured too much. We're going to run the ball a lot more. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> oh, you know, I hope so. Um, also, you have to keep in mind that Javante wasn't out there, right? Uh -huh. uh, and he's always, you know, that's going to be an important piece. You mentioned Jerry, though, and it was like the full Jerry Judy experience, <laughs> right, in two plays. Um, I love that they went right back to him. Jerry obviously drops an easy one, and, and the thing that frustrates me about that one is just you need to have the situational awareness of understanding that's third down. You don't need to score a touchdown there. Just catch the ball you know make the play and even if he does you know he still has a chance to make it in the end zone but he's thinking about scoring yeah before he catches the ball but i i like the idea of going right back to him on the next play uh, and you know he makes a guy look silly and makes a play and, and scores a touchdown love that from jerry but i really just like russ and also the play call going okay jerry you blew it now it's fourth down we're coming right back to you yeah i think it's good for um his mental, you know, we always talk about how him catching the ball or drop passes is totally a mental game for Jerry at this point. Um, so being able to know that the team trusts him, know that Sean Payton trusts him enough to say, okay, you may have dropped one, but we're going to call another play for you to get in the end zone. And he ended up making it happen. So hopefully everything gets cleared up with his mental ability because he has so much physical ability that we don't want to see it wasted on drop passes or incomplete. And I love that play, not only going back to Jerry and Jerry making a good play and getting separation, but Russ seeing the pressure was coming and instead of like holding on to the ball like he did last year and then trying to escape the pocket by like turning his back to the defense and running around. He just made the quick decision of throwing. And I think that's a big Sean Payton thing. I think Sean's saying the way you succeed in this offense is make quick decisions. Don't, don't hold on to the ball and then try to do something because I think last year he tucks it and something really bad happens. He made a great quick decision, got the ball to Jerry. And that's what you have to do. And Jerry, if he's if he's uh, tackled right when he caught it, it's still a first down. It's still a good play. But then Jerry, when you give Jerry space, that's going to be a touchdown no matter where he is on the field. Yeah, I think if I think if Jerry makes that catch, we're sitting here talking about how good of a play that was by Russell Wilson, how he was able to get out the pocket, how he was able to use his legs, find Jerry Judy, convert uh, the third down to make it a first down. Like, it's a totally different conversation if Jerry just makes that catch. Now, you know, Russell, yeah. that's another play um, that Russell Wilson can add to, you know, the good playlist of tonight. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it, but I think what I took down in my notes watching that play is, like, I felt slighted for Russ because he had worked so hard within that play to get to a point to where he found an open Jerry Judy to make the, the correct pass. And, um, you know, I just – I want to see those – 
two things to come together. You know, Russ be able to make plays and for to be able to make tough plays and make things happen for the, but for the guys downfield to be able to finish it off. She dress up two things in a row for Russ right after that play uh, that I love. He went right to Jerry, uh-huh. pulled him in, tapped him on the head, you know, said, hey, we're going to need you on the next one. And then yeah. I think I don't want to give him too much credit for this, but I think he won that next play pre-snap. Because that's, that's a pre-snap read of, okay, if that linebacker comes down, it's third exactly. down, they might be bringing pressure. If he comes down, we know Jerry's got that slant. So all I got to do is make sure he has time to get out of that break and find him because the middle of the field was literally empty. Wide they brought open. three out of the middle of the field. What an awful call, yeah, by I mean, the way. Un- probably unnecessarily by, by risky. Defense, yeah. I mean, yeah. But he knew just, all right, buy enough time for Jerry to get into my sight line. Don't let this pass get knocked down, and we've got a big play on our hands. And so back, like, just good leadership getting right to Jerry and then great pre-snap read by Russ. Yeah, uh, 100%. On that first play where he threw it to Jerry, should he have just run? Because No, Jerry's no, wide yeah. open. Do you think it, do you think in the future he's going to think about <laughs> running a little more? I mean, I don't because know. I thought there might have been like a corner coming down on him and that's why he threw it because on the first angle it just seemed like this is too easy. Run, Russ. You got the room right there. And then he throws it. And obviously, that would have been for more yards if Jerry would have caught it than if he ran. But you do kind of wonder now, is, is, is now, obviously not just on this one, but if these things sort of happen more and more, is Russ just going to say, I have the first down here? I mean, if you have the first down, don't you just take it? It was five yards. Yeah, I think he I, – I want him to trust in Judy. I want him to trust that he's going to get it done. But I don't, I don't know. He may just take the Michael Jordan effect, you know. <laughs> Michael, I'll pass you the ball once. <laughs> but, look, if you don't make it, don't, don't say I never pass you the ball. Uh, Nikola Jokic once said, scoring a basket makes one person happy. Assisting a basket makes two people happy. Uh, the quarterback is going to want to get it to his wide receiver because now he can be happy about the completion. The wide receiver can be happy about the catch. Uh and most guys are going to take that approach. Plus, I just don't think Russ wants, like, he'll run, I think, this year probably more than last year when he needs to. I don't think he wants to. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. And, uh, uh, Todd, you said the Michael Jordan effect. If you want to feel like you have the Michael Jordan effect, <laughs> check out our friends over at Spirit Hound, where you, can you have probably have Spirit enough of that. Hound, yeah, and you'll sure. be feeling like you can do anything. <laughs> and check them out. And they have a, uh, their distillery is in lines, but they also just opened in Denver and they have stores all over Colorado, plus 40 states. You can get their uh, whiskey, award-winning whiskey, 2022 Whiskey of the Year in the London Spirits competition. And they have whiskey, gin, vodka all across the state. And the cool thing, if you bring their juniper berries into their Lions distillery, you get a free cocktail. So check them out in over 40 states nationwide, of course, here in Denver, here in Colorado. And it is great uh, whiskey, vodka, and gin. So check them out, Spirit Hound. And? What about if you're hungry after this and uh, you want a uh, meal just at your house? All right, Factor. Factor. Yeah. There Boom. we go. I love, <laughs> I love me some Factor. Uh, trying to, you know, trying to get into game shape for the season. Mm. Uh, so I've been hitting up those keto boxes from Factor. Um, and they're actually fire. Like, that's the thing is, like, what, I, what I've realized is it's kind of hard. There's not a lot of restaurants where you can just get, like, chicken and vegetables with, like, a little bit of sauce. Like, there's just, you can't get that fast food style. So going home to Factor, got a box in there. It's healthy. It's lean. It's delicious. Factor's the best. It, it is the best. So check them out. 
uh, code DNVR, yes. I imagine. Um, let's get into our bet three, six, five, top five players of the game. First, though, I got to give a shout out to Todd's family and friends. Yes. Last ones in the bar. Those are real yes. ones hanging out, yep. supporting their guy. Um, Zach's wife is not here. My girlfriend's not here. Henry's girlfriend left. Dang, we're well, all dropping yeah. the ball. <laughs> Todd's wife's still in the building. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Zenith. Shout out to Karen, Todd's awesome mom. Yeah, Big fan of the show. Yeah. Um, man, it's so cool that you had so many people come down here for your first game day show, Todd. Yeah, I know it was great. Great turnout. I appreciate them coming through. Um, and showing love and support. Um, there's no better place to watch a game, and I think they know that. So uh, they came and really showed out, had a couple of drinks. I might have had a couple too. Uh, <laughs> but we're here, man, we're, and we're loving it. That's allowed on this show. Uh, absolutely. Uh, your mom was sitting in the booth, kind of like next to the booth that I went to sit in. And I said, like, sorry, I keep sliding in and out, sliding in and out. She's like, I see you trying to slide up next to me. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, my mom. I'm innocent. <laughs> my, mom, my mom is funny, man. She's, she's a great woman, and uh, she loves to crack jokes and give people a hard time. But uh, I did see you sliding over there. I was going to go say something, you know what I'm saying? But I'm glad, I'm glad she did. You know? I'm, I'm, ta I'm taking Todd in this one. <laughs> I, my long-term girlfriend was right there. I, I wasn't trying anything crazy. <laughs> Um, okay, so top, bet three, six, five, top five. Guess who was on the podium right after Sean Payton? Because I think this guy's going to end up in our uh, top five. Jaleel McLaughlin. No. Ben DiNucci. No. Alex Singleton. No. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Elijah Garcia. No, oh, no, no, no. I just named my whole top five. <laughs> yeah. You named four. There's one more guy. Who were we leaving I think out? you named four. Um, Isang Bassi. Boom! Oh, yes, Isang Bassi. Man, number 21, making a play on defense. It just seems like that's Kwan Williams still. Mm. I haven't got used to that. I thought you were talking about Deion Sanders. Uh, you mean Coach or Prime? Or Aqib Well, 21 I mean, on the yeah, field is Deion Sanders. Yeah, Aqib yeah, definitely Aqib. Um, so yeah, let's go through this. Who was the number one performer tonight? Uh, number one, that's tough. I think he only played a short period of time, but I would give it to Alex Singleton as the number one Ooh. performer. I think he played great. Um, he had a couple blitzes, a couple uh, open field tackles that he had to make that I know is not easy. Um, he's up there. Uh, I think Garcia also played a great game. Two sacks in your first preseason <laughs> game. That's a yeah. phenomenal game, the way to start your season. I know that young man is feeling really happy. Um, I feel like those two guys would probably be tied for my number one. And, I mean, Alex Singleton, I had him in, as my notes as the star from the starters in uh -huh. terms of the defensive guys. Uh, a huge tackle for a loss on third down to force the Cardinals to punt. And one of the things that we just keep seeing from these inside backers and, and specifically Singleton through training camp and then today, these guys are going to live in the backfield. Yep. And that's because they're very good. They're good at pursuit. But also Vance Joseph is going to send them and just always have them around the line. And man, it's just awesome seeing our guy Alex Singleton just making plays consistently. And this is just last year, what did he have, 180 tackles or yeah, something? Yeah, he was going crazy. He's maybe not going to have that many tackles this year, but he's going to have so many tackles for a loss, I think. Yeah, and I really felt like, you know, watching the preseason game, it's usually a lot of vanilla plays. They want to see how guys react. 
But Vance Joseph was sending Alex yeah. Singleton. I think he sent him about three times, and he only had maybe 12 plays. So I expect to see a lot more of that within the season. I think it's going to be exciting, you know, those linebackers in the backfield all year long. And re before we just break down more, guys, you didn't really like that, did you? Just that Vance was showing kind of a lot more than just vanilla stuff? Yeah, I felt like he kind of dug a little bit deeper than I would have expected. You know, I thought, you know, that first drive that they were kind of moving the ball, um, he started to be like, okay, you know, we're having fun here, but at the same time, like, enough is enough, so let me go pull out a player or two. Um, he started showing some, you know, A-gap double blitzers by the, by the linebackers that I didn't think um, needed to be on film because now teams are going to be ready and prepared for. I'm sure he has a lot of variations to that, but he definitely went deeper in his, uh, his coordinator bag than I expected. Well, Todd's fitting right in with this pod, showing love to Alex Singleton. That's our <laughs> <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> um, I think I have to go with uh, Elijah Garcia, though. Two sacks. And I just, I can't tell you how happy I am for him because we were talking about this upstairs, Zach, and, and Todd, I'm sure you relate to this as well. Like, when you're one of those guys on this preseason roster, you know going into the game, like, my opportunities are going to be limited. Uh -huh. And I just can't imagine how good it feels to go in and get back-to-back -back sacks uh, when you know, like, hey, I might get 10, 15 plays in this game. So uh, just seeing him on the sidelines, like, full smile, everyone's running over, smacking him on the shoulder pads, like, that just fires me up. I, I, I'm super happy for the guy. Especially in a position of defensive line where there's spots wide open mm -hmm. uh, that, that you can go and grab. Matt Henningsen... Uh, probably going to make the team, but he was in there on the very final play. If you're in there on the very final play, you're not a lock yep. to make the team. So Elijah Garcia certainly, uh, in the first one, I mean, he just did a great job getting to the quarterback. The other one, he does a good job going pretty much untouched uh -huh. on that. Um, so you feel great for a guy with two sacks. Okay, so we've got two in our top five filled out right now. Mm -hmm. We go in uh, Jaleel here. I would. Jaleel, yeah. don't call me Mick. McLaughlin, <laughs> uh, McLaughlin, um, what, he looked amazing. Yeah, they couldn't even get the name on his jersey right, uh, but he'll have that memory forever if he yeah. makes it in this league, or yeah. even if he doesn't, he'll always be able to say they spelled my name wrong. I actually think, Zach, you might be able to confirm this. I think my first game ever in the Broncos press box, they spelled <laughs> my name wrong on my little <laughs> press card, so me and him have that in common. Did you take it? I think I actually did. You did. frame I, it? Yeah. I, well, I have like all of my credentials yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think it's in there. But no, uh, he went out there and, you know, the word that we were talking about upstairs is just juice. Like you can tell he has it. Uh, all time leading rusher in NCAA history, 8,000 yards. I mean, you know, he can run the ball, but that speed and that elusiveness. And there's a couple of plays there where it looked like he didn't have much. He was able to squeeze something out of it. I was really impressed with him. And kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see more yeah I think he played a great game um you know when some guys you can't really put your finger on what it is about them that really stands out there's so many different things that we can say but I just call it it I think he has it yeah um you know I think he has the ability to you know make this team better in a lot of ways and really if he gets the opportunity to be that third da third down back or third back to really come in the rotation and make things happen. I know this is his first preseason game, but I like what I've seen. Um, has a long history in college of making a lot of plays. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked earlier in the pregame show about, you know, the t next Todd Davis or who yeah, I thought that would yeah, be. Yeah. Um, you know, I would give it to this young man. I think he yeah. played great, um, played with a chip on his shoulder. He shows that he's hungry. Yeah. Um, reminded me of my – four pieces in the game like whatever it takes uh, I'm gonna do what I need to do to 
you know, stay on this team. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think uh, that's a great person to, to give the Todd Davis to. Can we go with that? The Todd Davis is Todd Davis of the game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Todd Davis is Todd Davis of the game. Um, and uh, you didn't give it to Kyle Fuller, who's wearing your number 51. How do you what feel about 51 on? being worn by an offensive lineman, Todd? I know. I was looking out there. I was like, dang, that that looks a lot bigger than when I had it on. <laughs> but no, it looks good on him. It looks good. Yeah, no, I think it looked better on you, I gotta say. It's better than if it was on the other Kyle Fuller. The That's corner. true. Oh, that yeah. would have been a rough, that, rough that, number for that him. That would be very bad. I mean, there's got to be another Todd Davis coming in through this team pretty soon. Like, literally with the name Todd Davis. Because you have Kyle Fuller, who's yeah. been uh, two different Broncos. You've had, uh, there's two other ones. Who is there it? There are. Yes, there's two other ones who have the same name. Currently on the team or just in the history? Uh, in like recent history. Brandon Marshall and Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall oh, and Brandon Marshall. Oh, there we go. Yep, yep, yep. Uh -huh. And then there's one more. Oh man, why am I blanking? Henry, who is it? I think there was two Divino Zigbos. <laughs> yeah, not quite <laughs> sure about that one. Um, okay, so Julio McLaughlin is three here. Who else? We going to Sang Bassey here for the interception. Got to get him in there for, uh -huh. sure. for um, sure. Helped that the receiver fell down, but mm -hmm. he was in the right place. Um, and then had a really nice return off of that, too. He did. He did. That's the most important thing. I think getting the pick is important, but he really put the team in a position where they could score. Unfortunately, the offense went out there and kind of oh. did not score. <laughs> um, but he did what he could to really assist um, to put them in a good position to make something happen. It's one of those guys, man, who it just feels like when he's out there, he makes plays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's kind of just been lingering around the roster ever since he got here. He's dealt with injuries, fought back from it, kept his spot. Um, so, you know, he's one of those guys that you're just pulling for to finally kind of have that breakthrough. It's a good start for him in the preseason. And then number five, you guys want to go with Elliot Fry or Brett Maher? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it would definitely not be Maher. <laughs> it wouldn't. And... Uh, is this the biggest concern coming out of this game? Is the kicking game? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I think it's one of them for sure. I, uh, yeah, we had a tip and then we had a, a miss. Um, and then another miss. And then another <laughs> miss. Yeah. That's tough. Because I think that if you look at last year and how the offices struggled, we relied so much on the kicking game to try and keep us in games yeah. or in Seattle, win us with a 60. Yep. You know, we needed the kicking game to really be yep. something special for us to have success. So, I don't know. I just knew I knew my boy B-Mac would have something to say about, yeah. you know, the kicking that was going on in the game. And it wasn't – it wasn't uh, – didn't leave me with a comfortable feeling. It went, and did, did you feel that way when they originally cut Brandon? Well, yeah, I felt like, you know, he was a good kicker. He may have had, you know, missed a couple here and there. But I think overall he was a really good kicker for us. Um yeah, but I think that, you know, there was times in games that we really needed some big kicks last year and we weren't able to have them. So I understand them going out and trying to find a kicker, but ooh, that tonight was tough. I, uh, <laughs> yes. I did not expect to regret saying that I thought it was the right move to let go of Brandon McManus in the first quarter of the first preseason game. Uh, and BMAC was great for a long time, but it was rough last year. And, you know, my issue was kind of with his ego for being a kicker. Um, I think that was Sean Payton's issue. But 
he was a lot better than what we saw there tonight. So now I'm starting to think that that was maybe the wrong move. And it feels like the Broncos kicker in week one is not on the team right now. Mm -hmm. And then that means that you got to be scouting the kicking competitions going around the league. Maybe one Hank, in New Orleans how, going yeah, on. Hank, how's your leg, man? <laughs> you can kick a little bit. Yeah. You're the new Broncos kicker. That, that would be something. From debate team to kicker on the football team, God. First, uh, first chair saxophone. I love it. I Lacrosse love it. star. Man, I mean, they're gonna need someone like that to come in and Todd. I think you have a really good point. Is this team's going to rely on their kicker more than so many other teams that are going to try to have a winning record? The Chiefs probably don't need a kicker as much in like late game situations because they just have the lead the broncos are probably going to be in a lot of tight games mm -hmm. and uh, let's say tonight was a real game they would have lost because of their kickers oh. yeah. like how many put nine points they left on the board out of out of four kicks yeah. they were one of four and one was blocked and that one i saw a picture of it it was uh, Wattenberg, Luke Wattenberg, the center from last year's draft class, was on the ground. I mean, he just got bull rushed on the ground. So that one was on him. Well, that's why you don't have 240-pound linemen. Well, that's a good point, yes. Um, <laughs> but then the other two, I mean, just bad kicks. One from Elliott uh, and one from Brett. It's, it's already an issue, and that's a major issue. They, maybe a trade is going to be in the works somehow. I think it was the field. Can we can we blame that yes, on the field yes, too? Yes, it was yeah. the, the field what, was just kind of you know. A lot of fans want to blame it on the field. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt Prater missed one too. Yep. Matt Prater's mm -hmm. good. So. Yeah. yeah, I would much rather have Matt Prater uh, on our side. But now you've pretty much been able to say that ever since he stopped being a Bronco. It's and, so uh, true. Even though. BMAC was good for a while, especially in the Super Bowl run, yeah. he was perfect. So I can't believe Matt Prater's still playing. I know. Did, was he on 2014's team? Or was that? No, I think B Mac was already here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, 2014 <laughs> was the year that it was like B Mac and, and Connor Barth or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you're right. And they battled it out and B Mac yep. won. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wish we never had to talk about the kickers. I know. And it's not good that we're already talking about them. And when it came to on the field, you never really talked about Brandon McManus in a good way uh -huh. because he was Mr. Consistent for so yep. long. Obviously, a little down year last year and then just other antics which i don't think sean i don't think sean payton wanted to have to have to think about a kicker off the field mm -hmm. he does not strike me as a guy who's like giving kickers a long leash yeah like, yeah i will i don't i wouldn't be surprised if brett maher wasn't on the team tomorrow mm. that would send a message wouldn't it a big message yeah yeah, yeah. broncos get in uh, very not even very early they get in around 3 a.m tomorrow today tomorrow it's and a still couple tomorrow. of in a yeah. couple of hours it's still tomorrow um and then they turn around with a pretty early meeting tomorrow so wouldn't be surprised to see if we see a shakeup uh tomorrow morning potentially with that kicker spot yeah we were talking about uh me and uh Jarrell Jarrell Casey longtime uh Titan and and like when you're Bronco, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was the man. We were talking about that Grim Reaper. Um, there's a Grim Reaper that comes around during <laughs> yeah. cuts and kind of just taps you on your shoulder and uh, says, "Bring your playbook. They want to talk to you upstairs." Uh, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Grim Reaper is is floating around the locker room tomorrow. Does that only mean one thing? It only means one thing. If they tell you to bring your playbook and come upstairs, like everyone knows what that means, and 
They don't want to have a conversation about a play. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. no. You're shipping, they're shipping Turn you out Turn to page four, please. <laughs> <laughs> Would anyone, do you know of anyone who just like went to their car and, and just left instead of going up? No, I think everybody goes up because you don't want to leave them with a bad taste in your mouth. Right. Because you're getting right. cut today, but tomorrow something may happen. It's they want to bring you back. So you try yeah. to leave on a good note. Um, but it, it's still, I think, you like, it, it's like the Grand Reaper. You know you're walking to your death, and there's really nothing you can do about it. They've made the decisions. They've kind of did all their, you know, pros and cons. Listen, now you just got to go up there and listen to the verdict. And, and the thing about Brett is the way last year ended. He over 90% on field goals throughout mm -hmm. the season. I mean, he had a great, phenomenal, one of the best kickers in the NFL last regular season with the Cowboys. And the way it ended... All anyone could talk about this offseason was, especially after the Broncos signed him, was, okay, has he got rid of the yips yet? There's only one way to really find out, and that's when games come. Mm -hmm. And then this happens. Not only are outsiders concerned, what's going through his head? Uh -huh. I mean, you have to imagine that his, head, his mentals, as you said, Todd, are just going to be so off now. And that's the maybe other than quarterback, the most like just mental sure. position. You have to be locked in there. Uh, you know, and specialists say it all the time. It's a lot like golf. And if anyone's ever been in like a, a bad, you know, you're out of whack in golf, like it's hard to get it back. Even the, the extra point that he made, like snuck it in inside the upright. So <sighs> I feel bad for him, man. It's a bad place to be. And he's a talented kicker who's uh -huh. had a lot of success in this league. And I mean, sometimes you're just off. Okay, let's end our bet three, six, five, top five. Ben DiNucci. Yeah, Gucci mm -hmm. DiNucci. Yeah, yeah. The best quarterback on the field for the Broncos today? I would say so. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. He made some plays and was able to get out of the pocket. And um, I think he definitely outplayed Stidham um, yep. for the time that he was in. So I definitely put him on the top five list. I think he played a great game. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, his stats, 7 of 9, 59 yards, 93 pass rating, led that touchdown drive, that game should be winning touchdown drive <laughs> um, and just looked composed. How about that one play yep. where, I mean, it was, uh, it was like the whoop, whoop. It was like uh -huh. ESPN <laughs> where he just could not get sacked, uh, just making plays. And then I think that ended up picking up the pass That's interference uh -huh. on Taylor Grimes. He, he looked great and he, he's not going to push Russell Wilson for his job, but he, if, if Sean Payton is serious about truly giving the better player the opportunity he could, in these next two games, become the backup quarterback. I mean, uh, at the very least, I think he deserves a shot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, get a chance with the twos and see how he looks. He's making plays with his feet, making plays with his arm. He's got that kind of, like, gunslinger, mm -hmm. low drop angle. He had the one where he's running right, flipped it across. So, yeah. like, he's kind of got a playmaker to him. Yep. And, uh, and I, I, that was probably the most fun part of the game was watching him out there, you know, go down there and lead that drive. As we're and, all falling asleep, he woke us up. Uh -huh. Yes. And, of course, seeing my guy, Will Sherman, with the, uh, like you said, should have been game-winning deuce block. Did Will yeah. Sherman lose to Sacramento State, or was that right my, before his time? Are you going to do this every time Todd's here we talk about <laughs> the Bucs? Anytime you bring up a CU guy, yes, of course. No, Will no. Sherman is not on that team. <laughs> um, we've heard from Sean Payton. How do you think he felt after the game? Not good. Yeah, not happy. Even though it's preseason? Yes. Yeah, Sean doesn't like to lose. He's not, he's, that's not part of his vocabulary, so. Yeah. It's, it's like you played from him, Todd, because <laughs> I'm going to tell you what Sean Payton said after I tell you about our friends over at Kind Love. And nice. Sean 
might need to check out Kind Love, <laughs> the way he feels in order to turn that frown upside down. And it is officially the weed Kend. And if you want to celebrate, go to our friends over at Kind Love, and you're gonna get 25% off by using the code DNVR. Check out one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR, get 25% off. Now's the perfect time because you can get that turbo joint love flower and pre-rolls. You can visit them at kindlove.com or go to that Cherry Creek store or North Denver and use that code DNVR. Or he could go, you know, the, the lesser route and just have himself a Breckenridge brew. You know, might, uh, might ease the pain a little bit, have himself a beer after this one. Does he call those lattes? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> that was a good callback. Uh, you know, he could come down to the DNVR bar. It's a little dark in here now, but uh, he could come get a Mountain Beach Sour because it's, of course, Mountain Beach Month here at the DNVR bar. Or he can just hop on uh, BreckenridgeBrewery.com slash beer locator and just find where the nearest one to him there in Arizona is and get himself some Breck Brews. So shout out to our friends over at Breck Brews. I saw them. I saw them. Uh, they're flowing around the bar tonight. Sean Payton said just because it's a preseason game or he said it doesn't matter that it's a preseason game. You hate to lose. Told you. Todd, do you think that'll change the mood in the building the next week? Or is that more so of just like a tonight thing where he's pissed? No, I think it. I think guys feel that energy and they feel um his disapproval for the way that they played and um his frustration with losing i mean i think winning is a culture but also losing is a culture so you have to be able yeah. to rid the organization of that losing culture that we've had for the past couple of years and sometimes you have to do it with tough words and tough love and i think he's gonna make sure that guys know that losing is not something we're gonna do here yeah yeah i mean it, it's it's a really good point and that's uh something that has to change the culture has to change a couple of injury updates dj jones concussion he did suffer concussion was ruled out the rest of the game you hate anytime anyone gets a concussion you also would think that he should be okay come week one that's about a month away from now but to me, don't play him next week. Don't play him in the third preseason game. You know exactly what you have with DJ Jones. Yep. Um, and just let him get healthy for the season. Yep. Um, next injury, Josie Jewell got poked in the eye. Mm -hmm. So, again, you expect him to be okay. Um, maybe if he's still swollen next week, he doesn't play. But should be okay there. Uh, and then uh, Nick Benito has a hip injury, and we did not get an update on that. To me, hips can be scary. Yeah, because you – you need your hips in every part of the game. So you don't know whether it's a pointer or um, he could pull something within his um, hip flexor. So I hope that he gets back healthy because he was having such a good camp yeah. game. Um, you don't want to see somebody sideline for too long when they're really in their groove. Especially a pass rusher bending. Yeah, exactly. Bend, you know, your get off, like all of that stuff is it's all lower body. Yeah, yeah. but th those were the only injuries. So... The field didn't really impact him. Oh, I don't think a finger. Thank God, I don't man. Think that, I feel like that deserves like yeah. a. Whew, yeah. No big knee injuries or anything like that because that was the the number one thing on my mind today. You know, and I woke up and started thinking about this game. Is just don't let this field mess with the season. Uh -huh. And uh, that's why it was extra good that Javante Williams did not play. He, he dressed like he was going to play, and I love that. If Javante wants to, to be part of the team and feel like he's going to play, I love that. It just shows how eager he is, but then it's the right decision to hold him out. One, because there's no reason to play him today, and then two, especially because of the field. And then Samaje, man, that run he had, that was a Javante Williams-type 
of run. That 11-yard run where it looked like he was down, but he just kept his feet turning. That was so awesome to see because it just confirmed exactly what we thought this one-two punch could be. Is just a Javante Williams smash mouth run, mm -hmm. followed by a fresh Samaje who's just also going to run that way. That's got to be really tough on defenses, specifically inside linebackers, Todd. If you have, like, two big running backs that are just fresh trading off downs all the time. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I think it's, it's funny because as a linebacker, you do kind of see who is the running back and you kind of maybe take a deep breath uh, if somebody is, like, you know, a smaller guy or a guy that's quicker, you know, that if they run a play – on the inside, this would probably be an easy tackle for you versus two smash mouth running smash mouth running backs coming at you all game long. Man, I think I think it's gonna be tough for opposing uh, defenders if we can get it all blocked up right. Uh, I think they'll be able to run over a lot of people. And then after they bruise you, then they send Jaleel McLaughlin in there, just run past you on the outside. And that's what we're doing with Hank right now. <laughs> we got to bring in some fresh legs onto this pod. Yeah, we're pulling go. you oh, in. Come in on. Here. What do you mean uh, right now? We talked about this. Pre hey, yeah. Hank, we, we had this game plan. Uh, wow. Before I go, I got to say, Todd, you, you earned it tonight. Uh, Post-game post preseason Midnight podcast is like, that's like a true initiation. Yeah. So uh, I've earned my stripes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I'll I, take it. Most football players that I've known are usually early morning people. Yeah. Are you an early morning guy? Yeah, without a doubt. So I'm this up. is probably pretty late for you. Exactly. I would be in the bed right now. <laughs> so, I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate um, you. The good thing is this is the latest game the Broncos play this year. Uh, so this will be the latest one. And we have so many people rolling with us right now before Hank sits down and joins us because I know that's when, that's when the down. down votes will start coming in. Hit us with a thumbs up <laughs> on YouTube. We'd really appreciate it. It helps us out. It's right free. Oh, man, now the downs are coming. Okay, but Hank. You can't even see that. Hank, initial impressions. Um, Biggest takeaway. I mean, I didn't takeaway. have a lot of fun. It, yeah. it, was a, it was a real medium game to me mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. I think the offensive line kind of ruined it. I, I think it's easy to forget that if they make the three field goals they should have made, all of a sudden we're having, we, have, we have a little bit different feeling right now. You know, what are we talking, 26 points then? Exactly. It's like 26-18 at that point. It feels a lot better. But, I mean, Russ. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let, let me stop you there. You just, you're kind of just glossing over three missed field goals. That's true. I mean, that is horrible that it happened, and something mm -hmm. needs to change. But I think something will change. I don't think okay. they're going into the season – missing this many field goals at least by like week four you'd think they have it figured out because if this is going on early in the season you make a change Some, yeah. something's going to happen at some point yeah because i see this is the one that's the one area of the game between preseason and regular season where it doesn't matter like yeah your quarterback your quarterback may play better in the regular season or the offensive line may pick it up a notch like if you're kicking good it doesn't matter if it's preseason or regular season. A kick is a kick. Like, that yeah. doesn't change. So, yeah. if you're not making kicks in the preseason, you're not going to just turn it on and then all of a sudden be golden from 62. Like, you're just not making kicks. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a kicker change happening. And yeah. the, the other – I think there's going to be a lot of weird roster stuff tomorrow because news broke that they signed, like, two receivers a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. But they haven't officially announced that, which means there are a couple oh. spots over the roster limit. Well, did you see what happened with that news? No. Then the news broke that the news actually didn't break. Oh. And it was – falsely reported mm. so well, they didn't there we sign go well receivers. that explains that well then there'll be very small <laughs> roster moves tomorrow not, not nearly as much yeah i mean the kickers put a damper on things the offensive line put a damper on things i thought russ 
Like, he certainly didn't maximize his opportunities, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. Like, if he does that throughout the season, you're looking at a top 20 quarterback, and that's a step up from last year. It's not what you want to see, but... Would be. You know, it's... He wasn't horrible. He was fine. He was a two? Two, yeah. Closer to a three than a one, though. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I yeah. agree. I agree. So, your biggest... Back of the roster, Hank mm. player. It's got. I mean, it's got to be Julian McLaughlin. Okay. Like it's it's got to be him. Um, like he was just productive at the end. He scored the touchdown. He had like the nice broken tackle on the longer run. He had the catch too. Like it, there was just so much going on. I think only Jerry Judy had more yards from scrimmage. Like when you do that as an undrafted free agent, yeah. that means you're probably winning that that award 100 percent. but hank i'm disappointed in you because we've already talked about it we already talked about it. he's not that back of the roster true i want a true hank back of the roster guy have you gotten into taylor grimes yet have not no, though have he had not. those couple of catches when he finally got in late they, they didn't play the threes as much as i thought they would i, I thought know. those guys would get more run we I didn't know. see jaleel until like eight minutes left seven yeah. minutes left yeah but they kept the ones in a little bit longer than they uh, i think yeah. that yeah. was probably yeah. a part of push back yeah, but, but Grimes had a couple good catches, drew the pass interference. Um, that was good. Montrell Washington, he had that one really nice return. I think there was also the interception where maybe he could have fought a little bit harder. I, he, he did all he could. If that's Cortland Sutton, you wonder if something else happens, though. Well, how about Marvin Mims? We, we have, or not Marvin Mims, uh, Montrell Washington, the starting punt returner. Yeah. And uh, that's not what the depth chart says. It says it's Marvin Mims. Now, I don't even know if Marvin Mims actually he played didn't. in this game. He didn't which play. Which is interesting, kind of bringing him back slowly, so maybe that's the reason why. But I agree that one uh, punt return that he had up the right side where he kind of really exploded, yep. that, was, that was nice. And so I was impressed with what I saw from Montreal, Washington in the return game. Mm-hmm. Um, Delarian Turner yell. There we go. He I'm had, a, he had a couple nice hits. Um, he had hit the one was... on the, the kickoff where yeah. the guy like stumbled but didn't actually go down. You got to wrap up. Oh, I know. You got to wrap up. And that's yeah. where like if you just wrap that one up. Like there were a couple tackles he had on passes where you're like, cool. You, you were right there. You made the tackle. Right when he made the catch, we're still like an eight-yard gain. Uh-huh. Like, it'd be nice if you're one step further in front and get a hand on that. But he also had, I'm blanking on the one big play. Oh, he got in the backfield. I think he had a tackle for, it's a, he forced like a tackle for loss with some, uh, I don't know, just some penetration. Uh, so there are at least a couple moments for him. That's most, and Jordan Jackson, defensive lineman. He uh-huh. was in the backfield a lot. All three of those defensive linemen, Henningsen, Elijah Garcia, Jordan Jackson, all three of them were in the backfield constantly, so that's something you like to see from the depth lineman. Yep. Yep. Another guy, Lil Jordan Humphrey, he made a really uh-huh. good play and then also had yep. the drop. It's kind of like the Jerry Judy. Exactly. Um, and that's something Sean Payton challenged him a week ago and said, I expect more out of you. He came out and made that big play for 26 yards. Um, so he's a guy that's fighting for one of those final wide receiver spots. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, he had the fourth most receiving yards today. Michael Bandy also had three catches for 27 yards. Um, Hank, that's a real back-of-the-roster guy. That is. And that's one who we haven't really paid much attention to. I mean, we've, I brought it up on the pregame show. He got clotheslined by, uh, by Drew Sanders. But yeah. that's, like, the only time we've ever talked about him on this podcast. So I think it's time to start keeping an eye on him. They, they ran the little screen, let him work in space. And, again, it's not like he was overly explosive, but uh-huh. he made a couple of plays. He, he maximized his opportunities. On the flip side, Russ only had completions to three people. 
Is that a sign of what's to come? He had three completions to Cortland Sutton, two mm-hmm. to Jerry Judy, and two to Adam Troutman. Now, Troutman was listed as a starting tight end mm-hmm. for the Broncos, and people were like, oh, well, that's just because it's Sean's guy, mm-hmm. and you had to put someone first. And that's exactly, that's essentially what Sean said earlier this week when we asked him about it, but he was way more prevalent in the Broncos' offense than Greg Dulcich. Yeah, and I think that that's just based on how they kind of staggered the game plan. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing where we didn't see Tyler Beatty all that much until Samaje Ryan was out. It was just Samaje, 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 Samaje. And then it's like, nope, he's done. And now you move on to this next tier. And I think the receivers really didn't rotate. There's a lot of laughing going on over there. Receivers didn't rotate all that much either. And so that, that first team offense, it was all Troutman. Then they, when they used two tight ends, it was Dulcich. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, they know what the easiest way to get everybody in for the snaps they need them in for is. Yeah, because I think they're going to run a lot more 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends. Um, throughout the course of the season, especially with Tim Patrick Hurt. Um, they know they have two tight ends that can play well in the pass game. And, you know, if anybody knows Sean Payton's offensive scheme, he's going to run 12 personnel. He's going to run 22 mm-hmm. personnel. He's going to run 13 personnel. Like, he definitely mixes it up. Um, so, although Trotman is a starter, I think they're going to do a lot to get Dulcich in the game. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. I, I agree. They're going to have to. And I think the sun's about to come up, which means you need Shady Rays <laughs> for when it does. Use that code DNVR over at Shady Rays to get two pairs of glasses. 50% off Shady Rays is already affordable. Then, yeah, that 50% off, and it is very affordable. Check them out over at ShadyRays.com. Like I said, you can get two different pairs. You can try something new, do something that you like. So check them out, ShadyRays.com. Use that code DNVR. Hank? I hadn't looked yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been sitting over there the writing. Ball. I've been reading through the ads. What happens if there's an accident on your way home? Darn. Uh, you gave me an easy one. Yep. Uh, two, 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 two. Uh, there's an ambulance just drove by, too. That's true. Maybe maybe we need to let somebody know. we yep. got to follow them down. Say two, 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 because that's how you get in touch with Bax and Shanker, the best personal injury attorneys in Colorado. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients. Um, they've got offices all over the state. They've got more than 30 lawyers on their staff. And they don't charge you anything until they win your case. And then they just get a portion of the proceeds. So you either get a whole bunch of money or you don't have to pay them anything. So why not? If something happens, reach out. They do all sorts of work. So like if you're in a rideshare accident or like you're a pedestrian, you get hit when you're crossing the street or uh, you get injured at work, fall on those stairs. Like there's that one weird stair at the bottom. <laughs> Call 222-2222. And keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. Um, okay. It is officially Saturday, which means we need to talk oh. to the people. So let's hop into some super chats. Kale, we're going to need your help here. All right. First one from Patriot Tax. This team is weak in the most important places. Oh, O-line Yikes. and D-line. Yikes. Could, move, uh, could move the ball in Arizona. Keeping Russ in the pocket is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, the offensive line, probably the most concerning thing coming from this, especially the starting group. And it's concerning not just because of how they look today. It's concerning because it was against the Arizona Cardinals. And it's concerning because we had major concerns about them coming into today. So now it's two full weeks of poor offensive line play in practice and in a game. So I'm right there with you. That is something that has to improve Mm -hmm. because Russ needs that help right now. Yeah, and... uh... It's tough because, you know, talking to my wife earlier, we're, they were talking about, like, why is it such a big deal? Like, it's just the preseason, first preseason game. Like, why are we up in arms about 
different pieces of the roster looking bad. Well, it wouldn't be a problem if they didn't look so bad last year. Right. So yeah. coming off of last year, you haven't been able to make the adjustments necessary to be great this year. We expected them to come out firing on all cylinders. They might be missing one or two cylinders, but – you know, that's why I feel so bad. So hopefully they can get it figured out. I don't know what to do at this point because I know throughout the course of training camp, they've been, you know, missing assignments, not being able to really pass off blocks well. Now it's one-on-one against backup DNs. They're giving up sacks. Guys are getting penetration. You know, re- really, where do we go from here? When we talked mm-hmm. to Garrett Bowles last week, he said, um, we'll be ready to go, talking about the offensive line, we'll be ready to go in a couple of weeks. And I thought, wow, he's buying himself a lot of time, saying mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. So maybe if he's right, mm-hmm. it's going to take a couple of weeks, which will be concerning leading up to week one. But um, all right, next Super Chat coming in from? Jacob Weddle. Yep. You got to look at preseason games like spring games in college. Look for the flashes. The Broncos showed some good flashes today. Mm-hmm. When Russ had time, he found the open guy, which wasn't the case last year. As always, Denver Broncos for life. I'll for tell you. Life. Yep, for life. There you go. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, Sean Payton was either scheming things wide open or the Cardinals secondary is awful because on so many of those passes where Russ was finding Judy or Sutton 15, 20 yards downfield, they were wide open. And mm-hmm. that's something that gets me excited for this offense because I don't think Sean was scheming that much yeah. for this game. And he was still getting guys just so open. Yeah. I mean, whenever there wasn't pressure, everything just looked really clean, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's, it's most of what you want. Now you just need to get rid of the pressure. But yeah, I thought the flashes were definitely there. Um, biggest flash biggest flash off the top of my head first thing that came to mind was Jalen Virgil on that jet sweep that was uh-huh. nice wasn't which it? I'm not sure if that is the biggest flash I mean it's probably Jerry Judy on the slant like the touchdown that was For a sure. great play like when he makes that move on the safety he's coming up yeah. just incredible see there's back of the roster Hank though first thing Jerry comes to Judy. Your mind no Jalen Virgil oh, okay. yeah no I was giving you credit I was giving you okay. credit I'll, I'll have way better stuff next time I'm on because tomorrow 7am is we go back through this game and get all the notes in, yep. get those game grades up. Why then we'll know for sure. So I'm done by like four. Oh, oh wow. Well, because you got to go through and like it, it takes like four hours to go back through and get all the notes out. Yeah. And then you go through and give grades to all these guys. It's like I don't I have no no notes in my mind about what Alex Palshevsky did. Uh-huh. But tomorrow, you will. tomorrow, I'm going to know all about Alex <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and in three that, weeks, it probably won't matter. That's what uh-huh. you get. It definitely won't matter. That's what you get from Henry, though. Incredible insight. All right. Next one. Uh, next super chat coming in from Raul Sanchez. Should we be worried about this team? I don't think the concern changes from how you felt coming into this uh-huh. and yeah. coming into this there were major question marks no none of those questions have been answered to me i don't really think any of them were going to be answered in mm-hmm. this game but it's not like russ came out and looked incredible where where i'm like damn i feel really good about him now um he was really bad the first eight days of camp really good the last five days of camp which just leaves questions out there so yeah i think i think you can absolutely be um, questioning where this team is right now. Yeah, I would say don't make any major changes to the way you felt before coming into this game. Um, if you felt like we were going to get things figured out, you know, hold hold on to that hope and, and hope for, you know, another opportunity to see them next game. If you felt like you were unsure, you know, I'm right there with you. But I feel like, you know, Sean can get it figured out. I feel like with a good game plan and, got, and Sean putting guys in the right position to make plays, 
it should look a lot different. So I'm definitely holding on to hope that, you know, this isn't the best that we have to offer. I think that there's more. I think there's more um, that we can do on offense as well as defense, takeaways, making more plays. So this is not it. Uh, there's mm-hmm. definitely more to come from Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. Yep. If, you, if that offensive line just played better, it would have felt totally different. And mm-hmm. I thought the inside of the offensive line, again, just like watching it once, I thought it was pretty good. Like, I don't remember seeing like Ben Powers and Lloyd Cushenberry, Quinn Miners get beat. I know like the one sack was Garrett Bowles giving something up. I thought Isaiah Prince, he'd, you know, hope that it's going to be nice when that's Mike McGlinchey. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to be nice. And I thought then hope, Cam Fleming comes you in. I hope it's going to be nice when it's Mike McGlinchey. <sighs> I th- you do hope that. You do hope that. <laughs> but, I mean, interior look good. You just got to get those tackles going. And then you start saying, like, well, week one you're playing Max Crosby. Scary. Chip him. You're going to be chipping him all game, yep. which will help out a little bit. I-, I-, I think there's ways to patch it up. And hopefully there isn't too much to patch in three, four weeks. Yeah, I agree. All right, next comment coming in from... Andrew Salaya, Salaya. Uh, oh yeah. Did I hear Wilson is sharing first team reps with Stidham? Should whistle, should Wilson get all the first team reps? Um. So actually, what what is it's it's a good question. He's not sharing first team reps with Jared Stidham. But what's been happening for the majority of camp is Wilson, Stidham, and Danucci are sharing reps a third, a third, and a third, mm-hmm. which to me is weird. And that probably needs to shift where it's Russ seventy percent, the second stringer. That's Stidham or Danucci, 20%, and then the other guy, 10%. um, Because I found that really weird in camp so far. Yeah, I think if there's any doubt in your mind that Russell Wilson is the best quarterback to lead this team, uh, I think you're maybe mistaken because I don't think any other quarterback on the roster has the ability to even put the team in the best position to win. So Mm -hmm. um, he may be splitting some reps a third, a third, a third, but – you know, Russell Wilson is the guy. He doesn't need to, you know, share time with anyone. He's going to be the guy moving forward now. I think he's our best option. 100%. Danucci was also kind of fun, though. Yeah. But Russ is definitely a quarterback. Danucci is just kind of fun. I mean, the number two quarterback was Stidham, and he had a 16 passer rating. Mm-hmm. 16. <laughs> That's awful. All right. Let's round this out here, Kale. All right. Two coming in from Matt. First one. How about that first-round draft pick worth coaching? Ah. Uh, well, I mean, you're not <laughs> – Bow, You're not bow, game bow. planning in the preseason. <laughs> if, if Sean Payton came into this saying, all I want to do is win this game, that game doesn't look anything like what we yeah. saw. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. All right. Uh, he said Todd Jones. I'm pretty positive he meant Todd Davis. Todd or Davis Tony is Jones. a legend. Glad oh, to have yes. you, bro. Yes. Probably hey, Todd it's, Davis. It's, Never mind. it's <laughs> late for everyone. It's late <laughs> for everyone. And, uh, spell, that spell Jones check is crazy. And Todd. <laughs> yeah. Tony Jones. Maybe it's confusing Tony Jones That's what and I was thinking. Todd Davis. They're both legends. Uh, that, that catch from Tony Jones was nice. <laughs> wow. That was a legendary catch in the game. And then uh, last one coming in from Sean Sidu, I think is how you say it. Russ, definitely not the problem tonight. O-line was bad and wide receivers dropped too many passes. I think this is a positive game to build on. In Russ, we trust. Boom. There you go. I think you could yeah. see enough from Russ where if you want to be optimistic, you can definitely see that. Um, and uh, he's put five good practices in a row together. Uh-huh. This was definitely, I think, a little bit of a step back, but it wasn't awful. Yeah. No interceptions, no close interceptions, nothing like that. And that's one of the things we talked about yesterday that we did not want to see yep. was just massive failures, and Russ mm-hmm. did not have that. So mm-hmm. some hope going into preseason game number two, which starts an hour earlier next week. So uh, 
we won't uh, be as oh, tired. And thank God. Speaking of tired, it's time for bed. Thanks for tuning in with us, and we will see you on Monday when the Broncos are back for training camp. Flying cotton would stick to